used to talk to three or four times a week. A lot of his deals were made where they had the cheap steak in the big city. Might be some other things hanging around, dancing around while they're there. And he kept saying, man, I got to go because I got to get this next deal. That's where they want to meet. He don't want to be there. He's wanting to walk right. He's wanting to make the right change. But he's tolerated that. Because he, when he uses the excuse, I just want to feed my family. We've got this big house. We've got this big show barn. We've got all this stuff. I've got to keep making a living. Tell them to meet somewhere else. Well, they won't. And then I quit talking to him. It started going to about three times a week, then two times a week, then once every two weeks, and then only when he's completely broken again. Because that business deal started out as a little bit of a compromise eventually turns into what he's doing. I can remember in my younger life when it mattered to have to sell a show goat and all that mattered was winning and selling a show goat for as much money as we could possibly sell one for. I can remember some stuff we compromised on and tolerated that wasn't of God. At the same time, I wondered why God wasn't moving in my life too. But it didn't take me long to realize what it was. Revelation 2.15, man, it's just not that deal. It says, so you also have some in the same way hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. You remember the Nicolaitans from Ephesus? They were all the way over, 45 miles south, down at the bottom. Those were the ones that were running around doing all the bad stuff, but they were saying, hey, I'm all right, because remember, I'm saved. I can do what I want. I'm good. I'm saved. I can do anything I want to do. I don't have to worry about it. I'm good. They were taking advantage of grace, right? Well, guess where these Nicolaitans are also at now? Man, they've made their way up the hill. They're hanging up there in the big city. You tolerate the compromise. You might as well be the one compromising. He's telling them you're tolerant to false doctrines. What is tolerance to false doctrine? Well, for all of us, it's different. All of us, it seems little bitty, maybe. And maybe it is little bitty. Some things are little. But everything has a chance to grow. The more you let it hang out, the more it has a chance to grow. Tolerance to false doctrine is like mixing the Word of God with the Word of the world to make it more palatable. Anybody in here like chili? It's getting cold, right? I'm not wearing this beanie just because it's cold. Will was too busy to cut my hair last week, and it's pretty bad under there. <laughs> but it's cold. We all like chili, right? We drag out Grandma's 22-pound black Dutch oven. You got to use coarse ground deer meat, right? Because if you use the fine ground, it'll get to mush and just get nasty like canned chili. But you take some of that, you throw in some chili powder, you throw in some salt, some pepper, Red pepper flakes, garlic. What else goes in there? Camino, that's it. I got that other side with me now. They know what Camino is. Some of you are going to put some beans in there, and I'll pray for you specifically. <laughs> but you mix it all up. You let it simmer. You just let it sit there and simmer. Everything starts coming together. You keep stirring it. You taste Throw a little more whatever that in there, and then finally it's just right, right? 
But are you really family of four going to eat 22 pounds of chili in that one setting? You're not. So you leave it out on the stove because that thing won't fit in the fridge. But you saw a mouse last week or two getting cold. They're starting to move in. Well, then you're afraid the mouse is going to get in there and eat some of your chili. So how are we going to keep them out? Well, we're going to throw just a little, little, little bit of arsenic in there. Just a little bit? Why are you laughing? It's not going to hurt anything. It's just to kill the mouse. For you young ones, arsenic's the good stuff we used to control predators with. They took it away because it works. But we're just going to put a little in there. We're going to let it set out. And we're going to eat that second-day chili because second-day chili's better than first-day chili. No, it's just a little bit. Just a tick of arsenic to kill that mouse so his buddies don't come. It's all right, right? Won't hurt you. I pause because I think about what arsenic we're allowing in each of our own lives every single day. What are that little thing that we're doing? Maybe it is to protect something else. Maybe it is to keep something else out of your life. Whatever it is, but that little bitty bit, just a little bit. Okay, so we're guilty of it. This church at Pergamum, Bethel Assembly of Pergamum, they're guilty. They tolerate false doctrine. You'll remember two weeks ago, I told you these will not just have the bragging on the church. They're not just going to have what's wrong with the church, but they're going to come with a warning, right? Every single one of them is going to come with a warning. Revelation 2.16, here's our promise, just like it said. Therefore, repent, common word so far, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. What's different here? The word them. I will make war against them. God doesn't want to make war against his own people. If you're truly trying in repentance to fight off the false doctrine in your life, the things that you shouldn't be doing, God's got your back. Can it get any better than that? He says right here, I will go to war with them. It doesn't say you. He's going after those that are poisoning the word with the world because they're tolerating the compromise. They're the ones that are bringing in the ones that you're not equally yoked with. And then only, not only does it come with the bragging, what you're doing wrong, the warning, remember they all come with the promise. Verse 17 says, he who has an ear, we all have ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We all have ears, but do we all hear? Do we all listen? But it says to those who does, who has the ear and who will hear, it says to him who overcomes, comma, to him I will give him some of the hidden manna. See, here's where I think we struggle the most with tolerance to false doctrine. Is because I truly believe that most of the stuff I would imagine in this room and those that attend church, those that follow the Lord, those that follow Jesus, those that want to do good, those that still fall on their knees at times and say, Lord, I got to have you. 
I'm going to say most of the things that you're tolerating are not going to keep you out of heaven. They're probably not going to question your salvation. So you're thinking, okay. But if we keep living in them and accept them, we're like the Nicolaitans, right? So we really haven't repented. We haven't really come around. We haven't overcome. But what he's telling us right here is that you will receive some of the hidden manna. The manna, the stuff that falls from heaven. You're the only one that's going to know if you're getting it or not. You're the only one that's going to know if you're in that place. My wife and I have a great relationship, and we know a lot about each other. But I can tell you, she won't know for sure where I'm at when it comes to the extra good stuff. That good life we want on earth. That good Christian life. That fulfilling life. And this ain't the name and the claim it, and you're going to get rich. This is that extra that you're going to get, that peace at night. There's so many things that come with that extra, this hidden manna. The world can't see it, that you're getting it. Also says, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it. A new name, a new identity in Christ. You're not that sinner anymore. You're this different sinner now. But you've repented, you've overcome. You've left that other one behind you and you have a new name. A new name in Jesus Christ. The only one that can give you that name. But to do that, we've got to quit loving on Sunday and hating during the week. We've got to quit tolerating the little things that we're letting into our house. I mean, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and I guess it's my most popular subject to talk about, but it isn't. But how many of us let that TV be the one that brings just a little bit into our house? Just a little bit. See, Ma and I, we went to a movie yesterday, and I don't like movies a whole lot really anyway, especially the rom-com. And who'd have thought in the fancy part of Oklahoma City they didn't have a reclining chair? I didn't even get a nap. It was kind of that rocker deal, and I'm sitting there like, ooh. But all I could think about during that, or not all, I mean, most of the time, is I kept thinking, man, that ain't godly. Man, that ain't godly. I mean, they had some dude with Merriam and all. Anyway, rom-com, typical deal. I mean, I could have wrote on the back of this paper, put an envelope, what it was going to happen, give it to Molly, she could open it afterwards. It happens every time, right? But we're not like that. Because we all know that at some point, Jesus coming back, him and his army, and they're riding those white horses to gather us up. See, some of us are going to have that extra while we're on earth. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to face difficulties. But so many of us are going to add our own difficulty to our life because we're tolerating this false doctrine. We're letting this little bit into our family. We're fighting like hell to keep things from happening, but then it slips in. It slips in. Everybody in here, you have a white stone with your name written on it. And you are the only one that truly knows what you're doing. What you're tolerating. Conrad, you don't come help me start clothes.
I got this oh, little meme thing the other day, and I thought it was just so spot on. And I don't share many of these memes because most of them are like Facebook 2312. They're not biblical. But this one was a little story. See, I told you that most of the stuff you tolerate won't affect your salvation. It won't affect you going to heaven. You're alive. You're living. But this story says a young man mockingly said to a preacher... You say that unsaved people carry a great weight of sin. Frankly, I feel nothing. So in a smart aleck way, he says, how heavy is sin? 10 pounds? 50 pounds? 80 pounds? 100 pounds? Well, the preacher thought about it, and I'm glad it wasn't me, because I wouldn't have answered it this way. The preacher thought for a moment, and he replied, if you laid a 400-pound weight on a corpse, would it feel the load? The young man was quick to say, of course not, it's dead. The preacher said, the person who doesn't know Christ is equally dead, and though the load is great, he feels none of it. None of it. I can't help but think, and I couldn't help but think, after having already prepared this message, that how much of us tolerate just a little bit? It's a feather here, a little feather here, then it's a pound of feathers, then it's a couple pound of feathers, then if we don't turn, we don't realize it because it's not really hurting anything, we're still good, family's still good. Then it keeps growing. It's real simple. What weighs more, 500 pounds of feathers or 500 pounds of bricks? See, some of us are dropping bricks on our head one at a time. We're going to get there faster. See, when Christianity became the official religion of the empire, paganism overwhelmed it. The devil overwhelmed it. The enemy was winning. For them in Pergamum, it became hard to distinguish true Christians because people claiming to be Christians were everywhere. But many of them were practicing pagans who indulged in immoral festivals and all kinds of behavior. They were so inconsistent with the teachings of Christianity. See, that letter pictures a church married to the world rather than Christ even though they were fighting so hard. And they were battling. They saw some bad stuff go down. How many of us are battling every day? Fighting for what's right. Fighting for what you need. Fighting for what the Lord is telling you you need. But how many of us have just a little feather here and a little feather there, and then all of a sudden you just feel the weight you know why you feel that weight? Because you're alive. If you're alive today, that means Jesus has more for you. He wants your abundant life on earth. Man, there ain't nothing worse than a doom and gloom Christian that walks around like they just drop their sucker in the dirt all day long. Man, it drives me crazy. Like, man, you are saved. 
You're not in that old life anymore. But every single time we allow just a little bit of compromise in our life. We have to compromise in our marriage, right? We're equally yoked. You know, we're going to go that way. Sometimes we got to give a little, take a little, whatever it is. Most days I cook, Molly cleans. It's a great compromise. But what happens when I start letting something outside of my marriage, something outside of this not godly, affect my marriage? Most of the time it probably starts out as a joke, something we saw on a movie, whatever it is. See, at this marriage treat this weekend, I was sitting there and I was thinking, man, I've got some cool friends. I get to do a lot of cool things. And I was thinking about staring at that house of the king. And I look back on that guy now. Whew, he wasn't even close. He was standing at the bottom of a gate, fancy gate, big gate. And it dawned on me. That was a cool moment, okay? But everything that I've ever gotten, everything that's ever happened to me that was good, every time he came in and fought them, the them in the, in the scripture that had the false doctrine that I was starting to be tolerant to, every time he fought that off for me, All good things in my life have come from God. Not one of those things ever came good because I let a little bit of this happen. Come on, church, it's just this much arsenic and the mouse will die. And then you can eat for four or five days. Okay? We've got to quit that. We've got to absolutely stop that. And I am going to tell you, that that will be one of the hardest things you will ever do in your walk with Christ because most of it seems so stinking minimal. minimal. It's not that big a deal. My favorite quote, God told me one time, he said, it's all good till it ain't. Let's think about that. So as they close, I just ask you, I just ask you to sit for a minute. I just ask you in prayer to yourself. I'm going to pray over you then. I want you to sit there and I want you to think. I want you to ask God to expose what is in you. What are you tolerating right now that it's time you put your foot down because you want the extra manna. You want to be sure your name's written on there because I'm telling you, you probably don't even think it's a problem. And it's until you start listening to the Lord with the ear that you have and actually hear that you can repent of that. And you can come to him and live that life that you want to live. You can quit wondering why God ain't working. You can start fighting quickly. The best way to fight, start teaching your kids at home. <laughs> Man, we stock show, we do a lot of things that happen on Sundays just like everybody else. But I guarantee you, how long is it before you're teaching your kid that baseball is more important than church because we went to eight tournaments in a row? How many stock shows? Luckily, I get to preach at some stock shows. I hadn't heard of many baseball tournaments. Just got a little church service in the morning. I'm not saying it's bad. But how many of these little meaningless things that, that are ultimately meaningless are we getting to us? It may not be that. It may be something in your business. It may be something in your life. It may be something that we're, I don't care what it is, but I know it's here, and I know it's there because I'm telling you right now, I honestly think Bethel's a good church, all of them. 
But I can tell you, we're right there with Pergamum. Lord, we love you. Lord, I just thank you for every person sitting in this road room. Father, I pray right now that you start to tender their heart, that you start to expose the things that they've got to quit tolerating, that you expose the things because probably most of us don't even realize what it is. Father, I just ask us for the courage to be able to stand up to those things, to fight those things, to, 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 to lay those down to repent so that we can turn and we can have everything extra that you have for us in this life, this side of heaven, because the only thing better than that is your name being with you in heaven when we get there. It's in your son's holy, holy, holy name I pray. Amen.